Good morning, everyone. Members of the Juno Chamber of Commerce joins us this morning. We've got Wayne Stevens and John Blasco. Wayne Jensen. Wayne Jensen. <laughs> we were talking, we were about, talking Gary about Gary Stevens <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Just, yeah. I'm sorry, Wayne. Uh, well, John, are we still a go for golf? Uh, we are. We are. This Saturday is our eighth annual golf classic out at the Minahal Golf Course. And... Wayne, you were pretty confident about your forecast. How are you feeling? I, my presidency, my my credibility depends on having good de- good weather, the, and uh, I'm I'm sticking with it. Very good. So, how many teams have we got? You know, we're a little over half full. Uh, you know, and uh, right now, I think the. The target's about 110 golfers. I think we're just over half filled up right now, which is actually tracking right on with Juno, right? Juno's a last minute town. They're gonna watch the weather. There's many other community activities going on. So uh, there's plenty of room to sign up though, junochamber.com and uh, get, a, get a tea time that fits for your Saturday. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And even if you don't golf, you can go, you know, have some some food and participate in the, in the other events. You don't have to go the whole nine, uh, holes of golf you can play around with the other things and you know we'll earn some prizes win some prizes just by uh, sitting around the the food table the food food tent doing <laughs> some I chipping hear, i hear the hole in one prize is a car yeah so, so we have actually some great hole in ones out there um bullwinkles is doing uh, pizza for a year uh juno radio center five thousand dollars in cash and then menahal auto is doing the new uh, electric vehicle subaru solterra so those three big hole-in-one prizes out there on the main course, but then we also have the whole 10 challenge, which is a 110 yards. And if you get a hole-in-one on this and little sneak peek, but we are making the hole slightly bigger than regulation um, to entice somebody to win. But Alaska Airlines is donating two first-class tickets anywhere they fly. And then, so in, in addition to that, closest to pin on that hole, Valley Paint Center is donating 50,000 miles. So we've got a ton of big prizes this year probably our biggest year of prizes collectively for the whole tournament and do folks usually win those hole-in-one prizes they uh you know we've had a hole-in-one on the course but uh you know in our first year and it just didn't have a hole-in-one prize so we've tried to add them uh the alaska airlines won that's why we're making the hole bigger um you know just slightly bigger than regulation we want somebody to win this stuff uh, you know, we're trying to, we don't want to take it home. We want to give it away to, to members that are wanting to come out and support the Juno Chamber. And we give away all the prizes. I mean, yeah. you know, so, and, and, you know, come by and have a hot dog or hamburger and uh, do some chipping and uh, have some fun. And if there is a last minute listener out there, what, what are some times they need to know? You know, so the tea times start at 8 a.m. Our last tea time is 2.15 and they go every 15 minutes and so, you know, you just got to go to junochamber.com, see what times are available. And, uh, you know, there's, like I said, we're just over half full. So there's a good selection of times left to sign up. Um, you know, it is, it's a, it's a best ball scramble. So it's teams of four. But if you are just an individual and you want to sign up, uh, there is a way to do that. And we will put you together with a couple other individuals that are coming out to play. Any words of golfing wisdom either of you'd like to share? Well, I would say that, uh, the Metahawk Golf Course is your most golf-friendly course for the novice. Um, you know, it's a par three course. You might end up in the creek, but that's okay because we have prizes for people that can't hit the ball near the hole. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, to, to the golfers good. that love it and are and are competitive, you know, we have a great uh, Juno Golf Club here in, in uh, 
we this year we are doing um, cash prizes for the first and second place men's and women, men, women's divisions. So we're trying to make it fun for the the non golfers such as Wayne and myself, but then also <laughs> make it really competitive for those guys that go out every weekend and are, are course warriors. Very good. So on another topic, Wayne, I, I look at the cruise calendar for Juno at least for this month and. Each day is full of ship calls. So with this visitor traffic, what are you hearing from Yeah, I, I live in Douglas looking out on the channel, and I, oh, see, so you those, see, I see them every day. And, and uh, yeah, there's four or five, uh, sometimes six ships uh, in, in the harbor every day. Uh, you know, some of them are anchoring out a little bit more than I've seen in the past. Uh, according to the most recent uh, information, they're about 70% full, which is pretty good. I mean, they started out at, you know, anywhere from... 30, 40, 50% full, and you know, average now is is around 70 and probably in, improving. I heard that as the season goes on, that capacity number will probably go up. So, um, you know, we're, we're headed on a, a very, very robust tourist season, um, and I haven't heard much about uh, COVID and those kind of things, so I think it's going pretty smoothly. And uh, we had saw with the Southeast Business Survey, businesses are pretty optimistic going into next year. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that was a really takeaway from uh, Milani's uh, and Southeast Conference's survey that they do annually, their business climate survey. Uh, very positive. Uh, m- the most positive thing, I think, since uh, 2007, uh, 17, I mean, so like five years. And so that um, you know, goes back even before the pandemic. So we're comparing it to 2018, 2019, which were very robust years. And it, it's a, you know, good uh, climate uh, across Southeast. I think that's, that's something to remember is that it's, uh, you know, it's across Southeast. It's not just, you know, some of the rural areas or some of the bigger areas. Matter of fact, the rural areas, I think we're typically more positive than some of the more urban areas. So, um, some, some really good information uh, and uh, not only are people positive for this year they're positive for next year they're thinking this next year is going to be a, a good year as well so um, I think um, everything's looking really good um, there, there's do you, some do you share that view next year's going to be good <laughs> I think so I think I do yeah I think so I mean our office is is really busy we see uh, you know a lot of construction going on and, and a lot of pent-up uh, need for construction and and there's going to be some federal money around too i think so that's going to uh, inspire a lot of people to do work so i i'm I'm optimistic about it some of the things too that come up on that uh, survey too though was um, some of the challenges and one of the challenges is hiring and housing Uh, those two things continue to be uh, issues and i think those are things that um, we'll continue to work on Uh, you know how's a hiring thing is is a little bit unique. I mean, where did those people go that were hired here two or three years ago? You know, what happened to our workforce? Uh, maybe it just takes a while now to get back to the people that were here, that were working, uh, you know, in the tourist industry, the visitor industry, two and three years ago, found something else. And, you know, have to build up a new uh, workforce. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting thing, and it's across the country as well as across the state. I mean, we're working in different communities across the state, and they're thinking of building workforce housing, you know, just, just for people to come in seasonally and, and see people that come in temporarily for, for work. So uh, it's, it's an issue across uh, the whole state. 
it's one that Juno has always had a problem with housing. So, And John, you had shared that you had some observations about this year's cruise season, too. Uh, you'd like to share that? Yeah, you know, I'd echo a lot of what Wayne has said. But, uh, you know, from our perspective, uh, at, you know, the brewery, things have definitely picked up. Uh, it's great to see, you know, we, the retail stores, you know, a lot of foot traffic through downtown. Um, the, the restaurants and bars are, are seeing good activity in so it's it's great to see you know seventy percent uh, I think is a is a wonderful rebound, you know why we all want to see hundred percent with the staffing shortages that everybody's facing. Uh, you know I think seventy percent is a great a great year to take because of the fact that we're able to give the the passengers a good experience. You know at hundred percent I don't know that they would have gotten the best experience in Juno. You know mm-hmm. with the uh, with the amount of um, labor shortages. I mean a lot of a lot of business owners are, are working a lot of shifts that they didn't normally work because of that and uh but yeah no we we've been really happy seeing how many people are downtown getting off those ships and and getting out to all the food establishment establishments and retail establishments and it's interesting because uh, pre-pandemic we were slated for 1.5 million and i think the city budget is pegged at 1 million so the city's expecting a million yeah so that's that's interesting how we're able to take on that that kind of season right right yeah you know and i think uh, right now we're just going to do a little, a little bit of weather but uh you know that's the time of year yeah no that's uh you know thankfully there hasn't been any major downtown construction projects those <laughs> those got out of the way <laughs> yeah yeah um, that that's true but uh, no people seem to be moving throughout the area quite well and uh, you know tbmp is continuing to work with all the all the members to, to make sure that uh, not only the tourists get a great experience but that the local residents aren't impacted and in, in that everybody can continue to appreciate the tourists being here throughout the summer yeah and it'll be interesting at the end of the season to see if that one million dollars or one million uh, tourist number you know stays intact or whether we end up increasing that i mean i, I would think that personally i think that would probably be a you know a, a low-end projection at this point but that's just my personal anecdotal information so but and with this worker shortage uh, this this climate survey was interesting because you've got as as you mentioned the hiring and the housing okay you're finding trouble finding people but when you do find a person where do you put them yeah and so i i wonder what what would even make us a more attractive place to work um you know for seasonal workers i think uh you know trying to do something like workforce housing i know some of the major employers have actually purchased apartment buildings and things like that that they can use um you know the seasonal deal and and i think a lot of some housing has converted to vrbos and and those things which Mm. which cater more towards the the tourist and the visitor as opposed to workers uh so i think that that has you know maybe complicated the issue a little bit it's it's made it nice for independent travelers to come to Juneau, they get you know really good housing situations, uh, and but it maybe has taken away from you know some of the seasonal workers, which are people that come here for several months during the summer. So um, I, th- I think that, and I think the city is taking a look at that at one point, or JDC, one, somebody's taking a look at at what that uh, conversion to you know more rental housing has has done and what it really means to this community. I think that's an interesting situation. It'd be interesting to find out, you know, what they uh, discover. Tough to balance. We want independent yeah. travelers. We want them both. Yeah, we want them both. And so, uh, you know, 
Uh, I, you know, I, I'm involved in a couple projects in other communities, and, and they are actually building housing. Uh, one of them is a hospital that they're building um, workforce housing for people because they end up with a lot of travelers, you know, people, nurses, and, and people that come in for short periods of time. And they have people that get a permanent position but haven't found a place to, to live for a while. And so they get a place to live there for weeks or months until they find a home of their own. So that those kind of things, I think, are, are something that might work out. And, and they might be uh, attractive financially, too. Maybe they, you know, can a person can earn enough return to make those work out. But it is difficult because on top of that, construction costs are high. Oh, yeah. And labor labor hits most construction industry as well. You know, the you know the same people that downtown that can't find anybody to work in their retail houses. Uh, contractors can't find anybody to work, especially skilled workers. You know, to work on building new houses. So, and how can you plan for a building when the materials are this volatile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it, it is difficult. I know contractors that I work with. Uh, you know, say they they get these prices from suppliers and and subcontractors, and only good for a few weeks. You know, and they, they need something to be good for two or three, four months before they actually get the contract signed and authorized. So it's it's very difficult. It's very then difficult. You, then you have the timeline. We uh, we ordered some garage doors for the Alaskan Brewing Public House project downtown in July of 2021. Oh. They got in, they arrived and got installed in June of 2022. Yeah, I just talked to someone who was ordering new windows for their house, and they ordered them last fall, and they're being installed next week. So, you know, this is this is stuff that you can usually get within weeks. So, I've been trying to get the garage door at my house replaced for I don't know how long. <laughs> well, talk to John; he might have one left over. Right? <laughs> well, we might have to speak after the break. Speaking of the break, let's go to that. We'll be back, and we're back with Juno Chamber member Wayne Jensen. Now, returning to this business climate survey. The, one of the questions that stuck out was about the Constitutional Convention, and I wanted to know your thoughts about that. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting thing. As you know, it, it comes up every 10 years. It's part of the written into the Constitution that the issue will be in front of the, the voters every 10 years as to whether to have a new Constitutional Convention. Uh, it's always failed every 10 years since uh, it was originally adopted. Um, and and the, the it's a difficult situation because right now there's a lot of um, pressure, I think, uh, to have a a constitutional convention for some specific reasons, like the PFD, you know, get the PFD in the Constitution. Um, The Chamber has discussed this quite a bit, and we made a a resolution recently opposing a constitutional convention um, for several reasons. I think one is that we, we think it's going to be uh, difficult and expensive and time-consuming to do that, uh, and that uh, the issues of how you do a constitutional convention are very difficult. Uh, you have to find out how to elect delegates, where they're going to come from, uh, you know, what, where's it going to be, uh, who's going to pay for it. Well, yeah. obviously, <laughs> the taxpayers pay for it all, uh, and it's, it could take quite a few years to actually do this because it has to. Once the constitutional convention meets, they have to decide which things that uh, the voters would come before the voters to change, and then we have to have an election. So it's a, it can take you know, three, four, five years before we actually do something about it. In the meantime, we're just paying for a lot of, a lot of time to get done. And um, from the Juno's perspective, uh, one thing that's in the Constitution is the location of the Capitol. 
And you might vote for a Constitution Convention for one of the reasons that are out there, but once that it, we have a Constitution Convention, every word of the Constitution is up for debate and can be changed. So it's not just a matter that we're gonna have a Constitution Convention to change one item, we potentially will change anything that anybody at the delegation brings up. So uh, it's just, a, it's a dangerous thing, I think. Um, we have a very good constitution. It's a, it's a model constitution. It's one of the more recent ones to put together. So it had a lot of information from other states to go on and come, come up with uh, the best constitution that was available. I understand it's a, it's a model constitution. There, there's other ways to change it, and they have been changed. The legislature can change it. Um, and uh, you know, with supermajority vote, uh, but and there have been several changes. I'm not sure how many, but a dozen or more. Well, on 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 this on the Constitution, on, on the aspect of a capital move, I guess the conversation is a little bit different here because we're talking about it in tandem with a constitutional convention, right? Right. Whereas in the past, we voted just specifically on right. a capital right. move. Right. Those have been individual issues. This way. Uh, it's not something that's really talked about a lot, but once the Constitution Convention's there, the issue is is in front of the of the delegates. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, defending the Capitol here in Juneau, and, and have done a good job, I think, and think that uh, Juneau takes it very seriously that our position is the Capitol and that we have responsibility to the whole state, um, and that could be challenged if the Constitution Convention goes forward. So. We're definitely opposed to it. Like I said, the, the chamber uh, adopted a resolution opposing the Constitution Convention. Many uh, cities across Southeast Alaska have done the same thing, uh, assemblies and, and city managers, city uh, uh, assemblies. So I, I, I think, and, and according to that survey, as you mentioned, it seemed like most people in Southeast were opposed to it. Mm. I don't remember the actual percentage, but it was, a, you know, it was definitely a, a majority. Uh, so I think that, and that's a good, good sign. I mean, uh, that's a survey of business leaders across Southeast. Quite a few number, uh, quite a large number, as I recall. Uh, I believe it was fifty-five to fifteen to thirty. Thirty were unsure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, so there's there, still there's, folks, and, and that, there is some unsure. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is that it hasn't hit people. People aren't aware of what's going on. They hear about it maybe, but they haven't done any research on what it really means. And, and, and I think that's a danger in itself because if they get to the ballot box and you say, well, Constitution Convention, yeah, sure, that's a good idea. We should do that, you know, and they don't realize what's involved. So I think there's a lot of education in coming up in the next uh, several months uh, to uh, ed educate people so that they aren't unsure. They make a decision one way or the other. So to wrap up here, you've got a luncheon later this week on Thursday. Who will be the guest? It's the uh, Department of uh, Transportation and Public Facilities, uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, be interesting is there's a lot of things in Southeast that are going on, and particularly in Juneau, and we haven't had a commissioner for a while. It's kind of nice to have him uh, talk about things that are going to happen in the in the future. We, we might talk about some of the projects planned for Juneau in the coming years, and then, and then uh, I'm sure there'll be questions about uh, the second crossing, uh, the, what's going on. That is being studied right now, and it's under... DOT is part of that, uh, has authorized that, got a contractor doing work on that. Um, and then uh, the Cascade Point, there's a, a yeah. proposal to build a new ferry terminal at Cascade Point and shorten that distance between Juneau and 
Skagway and Haynes, and, and that I'm sure will come up. It'll be interesting to find out what the status of that is as well. So we have a couple of very specific aims, but then also just seeing it out, you know, are they going to repave Vegan Drive? Or are they going to repave Douglas Highway, which is where I live, and, live, and uh, I know it's in rough shape. So uh, there's a lot of state roads, state highways in Juneau that people sometimes don't realize, but, uh, and, and, you know, We'll see what those are planned for in the next coming years. I wonder if they're not alone in that labor shortage struggle. I would imagine they probably are. They probably are. And the cost. I mean, you can imagine paving is made of oil, and oil is expensive right now. So, uh, you know, the asphalt is essentially just heavy oil. So, And then we get back to that volatile supply. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Wayne, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. And that's the program. Join us tomorrow. We'll have all the information you'll need on a veterans dinner later this week. It'll be on Friday. So be sure to tune in for the details tomorrow. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line, signing off.